Hi there, it's Melvin. Just wanted to take a moment to thank the team over at Thryzer for supporting this month's podcast sessions. Thryzer is a payment platform that you have to check out if you are a private pay therapist and accepting out-of-network benefits. It basically helps clients save on therapy up front. Thryzer can help verify a client's out-of-network benefit ahead of the first session so that they get transparency up front on what their out-of-pocket costs will be. I'll tell you more about Thryzer here in the middle of our session, but if you go to sellingthecouch.com forward slash Thryzer, you actually end, then enter the code STC upon sign up, you get your first $2,500 in fees waived. Again, that's over at sellingthecouch.com forward slash Thryzer, and be sure to enter the promo code STC. So we'll jump right into today's podcast session. Hello, hello. Welcome to today's session of Selling the Couch. I hope that you're doing awesome and uh, having a fantastic day. So today's podcast session is all about how to become a better public speaker if I know that so many of us want to have probably had this thought, which is, you know, I'm doing good therapy work and I feel like I'm making an impact with my clients, but I want to think about how to grow my impact beyond just the therapy room. And public speaking is one of those great ways to do that. I'm joined today by Jasmine Haley from jasminehaley.com. Jasmine has a pretty interesting career She was working in healthcare doing public speaking uh, at the intersection of substance use and HIV, and then launched her own business consulting where she helps others become better public speakers and really hone in on what she calls their your legacy message. And she has this framework called the heart framework, which is basically sharing our, our talks and creating signature talks in a way that lines up with the heart and with who we are meant to be. I connected with Jasmine in Rachel Rogers' uh, membership community, and we'd sent several DMs, and there was just a connection that I felt to her. Reached out, and uh, Jasmine was super gracious uh, enough to come on the podcast. So we're going to cover a number of things. So the first thing is, like, what is the deal with people wanting to go and, and become public speakers? Like, you know, why is it, you know, why is that such an impactful thing? The second question is, you know, like I've got a, this question of like, you know, I've got a podcast, I record this from home, like, but why should I go to like conferences and and actually do some speaking? And then we're going to get into some of the really practical tips of being a better public speaker, particularly around telling stories. And we wrap up with this question that I have been struggling a lot with, with STC is, you know, I'm good with, I've learned a lot when it comes to podcasting. I've learned a lot when it comes to online courses and how do I sort of meld those things together? I.e., if you have, if you're a therapist in private practice and you've got, if you've got a broad niche, but then you've got sub niches within it, subpopulations that you serve, how do you figure out what a, a, like a key, a keynote main talk is? So we'll get right to today's podcast conversation. Here's my conversation with Jasmine Haley from jasminehaley.com. Hey, Jasmine, welcome to Selling the Couch. Hey, Melvin, thank you so much for inviting me. You know, listen, we have connected online. We're both part of Rachel Rogers community. And beyond that, I am just so grateful for your heart. You have been 
it is amazing the connection that we have formed and even just before we started recording this just the connection that we felt and i just i so appreciate you you are doing some amazing things in the world getting the people that are meant to share their voice in big ways uh, out into the world and i'm just super grateful for you and and humbled that we can have this conversation yeah thank you i'm so excited to to speak with you uh a lot of times we don't give ourselves enough credit. So I'm going to say that about Melvin, about the impact that you're making in the work that you're doing. And it's just, it's a privilege to be able to be here and talk with you and share. Thank you. You know, I shared some questions with you beforehand. And one of those questions I thought we could start here, which is, you know, I noticed this trend, people on social media or brands usually enter the world of public speaking at some point, right? Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. What is that leap? Like, what is the lure of it? And again, this is me just completely naive. So. You know, I, I think the allure of it is honestly, I, I, I believe human beings in general want to make an impact. And then you do have a few of us who are led by the urge to be seen and to be validated. And then you have some who are, who are leading towards power. Mm. I feel like there's different variations of why people do that. But I I believe that in business, we start public speaking the moment we decide to get out there and start selling. (laughs) I mean, like, it's like it's it has to happen. You have to go out there and share your message to to be able to find the the audience that you want to serve. So when people think about speaking and I'm often trying to dismantle this, they often think that it's get it giving a keynote but when i first started my business it wasn't that it was me going out there creating a blog creating a podcast getting my message out there not waiting for a seat at the table i was giving continuing education courses for professionals licensed professionals that led to workshops that led to events that led to eventually keynotes so anytime you're out there sharing your message if you're here sharing your message on a podcast, if you are going live on your various social media platforms, you are utilizing the power of your voice. It is a marketing tool, but it's also an impactful tool that can create transformation in the lives of people who listen to your message. Yeah, I think a lot of the folks that are listening, if not all, uh, to this podcast, I think when they think about public speaking, I think it's exactly how you described it. It is about impact. It is about sharing a bigger message. It is about leaving the world a better place. And I, yes. and your point about like, you know, when you launch a business, you already are like public speaking. That's like so profound. And yet it's so true because we, maybe we don't call it that, right? But it is those bricks, those initial bricks are, are built like as soon as we launch our businesses. Absolutely. And what we have, what you find is that as you are going about your day-to-day activities in your business, you're always tweaking the messaging. It's like you have to figure out what will make the most impact for the the person on the other end, that listener. And so for me, the difference is, is that in the work that I do, I come from public health and then I was an academic instructor. I was an educator and I had to marry my work with marginalized populations. I served persons living with HIV and living with substance use disorder. So I had to learn how to communicate effectively about their health. And then I needed to also take that, that same 
skills that I've learned and then utilize that in the classroom. And then I had to make a shift when I started professionally speaking, because here is not, a, this is a cold audience that I'm speaking to that doesn't know me. I need to captivate them within two to three minutes of me first speaking. So in all of those instances, I had to refine the way that I was speaking. And I created a process called the heart methodology because I had to learn how to communicate and reach the hearts of all of those three different segments of the population. And how was I able to do that and still make an impact? And I think when people start realizing that communication and messaging is an integral part of your business that will impact your bottom line, your revenue generation, we'll start taking it a little bit more seriously. Yeah, I think everything you said is accurate. When you were doing these workshops for individuals with HIV and substance use, right? Like I could imagine when you have that intersection, it, it can be really challenging to communicate a message, right? How did you, like even at a practical level, how did you overcome that, that barrier? I think the biggest lesson for me was I grew up in a single parent household. I also grew up in a no lower socioeconomic status. I had all of those things, but yet I still could not understand fully the life of someone that didn't have a home, that was homeless, that didn't have a toothbrush, that didn't have the basic necessities. So what that taught me, actually I was awarded for this. This is how I've received my national award. I was awarded for what I was able to accomplish. I made a lot of mistakes. I made mistakes of thinking more about myself rather than the audience. And they taught me very quickly. So the biggest lesson I would say that I learned from having to go out into the public and teach people who were either living with HIV, who were either susceptible to HIV, who were dealing with substance use disorder was humility. That was the biggest thing. And I'll give you an example of this, and I'm not proud of this, but I, my background is in dentistry. And so when I would come to speak to them, I would add in parts that were related to oral health. And I remember specifically speaking in front of a group and saying, you know, one of the things that you wanna make sure that you don't do is share your toothbrush. And I then said after that was, I don't know why anyone would share a toothbrush. Mm. And someone said immediately after I said that, well, I have. Talk about my jaw dropping down to the ground, feeling like, oh my gosh, I sound like a real jerk. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> even though I'm a black woman, even though I grew up in you know some difficult circumstances, I was humbled with that comment. And so when we look at the way that we're presenting ourselves in public speaking, it's about our audience first. And when we are constructing our message, we need to be thinking about them, what's absolutely necessary for them. And if you don't understand who it is it that you serve, do surveys, do go into spaces where they're sharing their story. So I started going into community events where I will hear them share their what their life experience was like. And that helped me better understand how to reach the hearts of that audience so that I can serve them in the best way and advocate for their needs with professionals. So I've had the blessing of speaking to persons living with HIV who are actually in the trenches. And then I had the opportunity to educate future professionals 
So we're talking people in med school, nursing school, law school, social work school. And then I had the opportunity to educate people who were educating them. So it's like, it's a full, it's a full circle. And I, I'm grateful to God that I've had the opportunity to have that because it's made me a better educator for myself and also a, a better a speaker. Yeah. Thing I kept thinking is entering this world of public speaking, it you use the word power, right? Mm-hmm. But it is an interesting juxtaposition of power with humility, right? Like mm-hmm. knowing you have the power with your words to be able to speak into someone's life, yet having the humility or needing the humility to say, there may be things that I know, yet there are so many things I don't know, especially about someone's circumstances. And and how do you craft a message? right? That is both powerful and humble at the same time. I mean, like, I don't know, how do you even start to think about something like that? Like that juxtaposition of, you know, powerful messages with humility and approach. I think the biggest thing is you, like I mentioned before, I, I started going into spaces and hearing, hearing them speak. I started going into spaces where I was with people who were like doing more of the grassroots efforts and listening to their stories. And that helped me to get a better understanding on what shifts I needed to make specifically with that population. So if we reframe that for a business owner, it's the same concept where are the people that you want to serve where they're hanging out have you taken the time to send a survey out to your email list have you taken the time to actually hear what their specific issues are and when you come from that place you will begin to to speak in a way that isn't to them but actually with them and that's the part that's missing for most people who are business owners and i feel like i'm more sensitive in some way on how how i'm speaking because I had to go through ACES training. I had to learn about trauma. I had to become certified as a master presenter on that. I had to do all of these things in order for myself to get equipped to handle difficult, not so pretty messages, but still empower people. So the bottom line is like, what is the chief desire for your audience? And most audiences, regardless of where they're from, they just wanna be seen, heard, and valued. How can you bring them along that conversation? opening up the floor to discuss other than going over fact after fact after fact will then allow someone to be a part of a conversation versus just talking at them. And I think that was a big thing for me. Yeah, oh, absolutely. I mean, it's something I know personally, just being honest, like I, I struggle with too, like especially as I gain knowledge and expertise, right? It's so easy to forget like one, I was a like a beginner at one point, right? But then also just to like, yeah, take that step back and say, you know what, maybe my experience and my circumstances are not like the reality for others, you know? And it sounds like such a silly thing to say, but it is like, I think it requires such a level of humility for all of us to realize that, you know? Um, Yeah, yeah. Jasmine, I wanted to shift a little bit if it's okay. So several folks that are listening, they, you know, they may have a podcast, right? So I, I, I can imagine what they're thinking, you know, as they're listening to this, I've got a podcast, I can record this from home, I can create videos from home, like I can be on social media, all of this stuff, right? Why in the world should I venture into the world of public speaking where, you know, I might have to travel to a conference, like do all of that stuff? Because it is the strongest marketing tool that you have 
and that's utilizing your voice. And there is no other marketing tool that you can actually go out and do where you're getting paid to speak to your ideal audience. <laughs> A lot of us will spend thousands of dollars on ads just maybe it'll reach your ideal audience versus you actually going out there and having the opportunity to share your voice for your ideal audience. This is a great example. A few years back when uh, a, an audio only social media app came out, I'm not gonna state the name because it's not sponsoring this episode. So this audio only social media app that came out blew up. Now, I don't know if you remember this, Melvin, but mm -hmm. everybody was on there because mm -hmm. they were starving. Yes, for the connection, they were starving for the connection. Why? Because there's something about the voice mm. that is more impactful than just written word. There's a Harvard Business Review uh, article that talked about this study where they looked at the brainwave patterns of audience members versus a speaker. And the speaker was using effective storytelling skills. They were speaking in front of the audience and the audience's brave wave patterns were able to mimic the speakers because they were so effective in their method of communication. So if you wanna build a stronger trust, like a no factor, it's like building a relationship, but it's just, it's actually like I mentioned before, public speaking is having a conversation with the audience. And if you know how to effectively do that, you can build that trust like a no factor much quicker than if you were to actually post written word, static images for months on social media. Yeah. I mean, there's something, I don't know if the word is correct, but like, like there's, there's this compounding factor, right? When you are mm -hmm. in front of people and they're captivated, they're listening to you, they're hearing your voice, they're seeing you visually, right? And you mentioned you mentioned storytelling, and and maybe we mm -hmm. can sort of dive a little into this because you know one of the things I'd asked, uh, you know, if you could share with us is some tips to just becoming a better public speaker. Uh, mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. I was wondering if we could maybe just start there. And nerdily, I'm like really interested in storytelling and just becoming a story better storyteller. Yeah, but part of this is also you know I grew up in India, which is a very mm -hmm. narrative based, you know, like. I mean, my grandparents didn't have, you know, cameras and all this stuff, right? We were, we told stories, you know, from generation to generation. That's how I know about my great grandparents and, you know, and all of these things. So what are some like things, you know, storytelling I do, I feel like it's going to be the next, it's a superpower. And I feel like it's that skill, you know, that's going to, that everyone should have. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. But like, what would you share are some tips to just be a better storyteller? So, you know, there are storytelling experts out there. I haven't niched into that specific space, but a part of the way in which I create transformative speaking and training programs is with story. And what happens for most of us as speakers is we we're so excited. We're so excited to share our information and we want to throw everything but the kitchen sink <laughs> at our audience. And what happens is when we do that, we tend to overwhelm our audience. And so one of the key things that I want y'all to think about is when you're creating a podcast, when you're showing up on live, if you decide to do a speaking gig of any sort, I want you to ask yourself, 
what is the transformation that I desire for my audience? And what specifically do I need to share with them to get them there? And what specific stories should I share or start off with in my presentation that will help them drive home the point on why this specific topic I'm sharing with them is of, is of importance to them. A lot of times we start our topics based on what an event organizer is asking us to do. We start our topics based on trends. We start our topics based on insert whatever reason without really thinking about the bottom line of how can I get transformation for the audience? And so if you can get one win for your audience, they won't forget you. It's not the statistics. It's the stories that you tell. It's the outcome that you have in mind as you're speaking. And for a lot of us, we feel like, well, I don't, I want to share this and I want to share this and I want to share this and I want to share this. And if you've ever been in a situation where you've been inundated with too much information, and you, as soon as you walk out of that room, you're like, what did I learn? What was covered? So let me give you all a great example. I love to talk about this. There's a, an influencer, I don't know his name. I just happened to run across his video and he was teaching his children about communication. So the gentleman asked his two children to write out the specific list on how to create a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. So his kids both wrote out on a piece of paper how to create a peanut butter jelly sandwich. Hey there. I hope that you're enjoying today's podcast session. So I've, you know, jumped back into private practice and I decided to go the private pay route. And one of the things I've been thinking a lot about is how do I tap into outer network benefits for clients that might want to use it? Now, the common sort of perspective or tip that a lot of folks say is just to provide a super bill for clients. But the reality is, I feel like most clients aren't going to go take a super bill and then call the insurance company and then deal with that whole mess of trying to communicate with the insurance companies and waiting on reimbursement and all of that kind of stuff, right? And then at some point, especially if they're keenly aware of budget and stuff like that, they're like, oh my gosh. I may not be able to afford working with this therapist and all of those kind of things, right? This is where Thryzer comes in. And the really cool thing with Thryzer is that they will actually float the clients for the sessions. So basically, when you sign up for Thryzer, you can automatically submit out-of-network claims for your clients. It's simply done through an app. It literally takes seconds. And Thryzer takes care of all of the insurance stress. So we don't have to deal with it as clinicians. Our clients don't have to deal with it. And clients just pay what they owe for for actual sessions, i.e. like the difference between your rate and the reimbursement rate in order to skip the long insurance wait. All they have to do is pay the standard 3% credit card fee. There is no monthly contracts or fees or anything like that. If you would like to try out Thryzer, you can go to sellingthecouch.com forward slash Thryzer, enter the promo code STC so that your first $2,500 in fees are waived. Again, that's over at sellingthecouch.com forward slash Thryzer, and Thryzer is spelled T-H-R-I-Z-E-R, and enter the promo code STC. 
So he then, once they were done, they brought the list over to him and he said, okay, I'm going to follow what you wrote. So first instance that they came in, they were like, well, you need bread, peanut butter, and jelly, and that will make the peanut butter and jelly sandwich. So he got the bread, he got the peanut butter, and then he got the jelly. And then he put them on the table and he's like, well, how do they come together? So the kids had to go back and they're like, oh man, right? They go back and they explain it, right? And they write down, okay, well, now this is how you do it. And still it wasn't enough because they forgot the critical pieces, which were, oh, I need to grab a knife and open up the peanut butter jar, then put the knife into the peanut butter jar, scoop out the peanut butter, then take, grab a slice. So can you imagine the number of times they had to go back and forth? So when we think about public speaking, y'all, you'll never run out of topics. You'll never run out. Because if we really think about our level of expertise as that peanut butter and jelly sandwich and think about all of the steps it takes to get there, think about what that one win is versus, oh, let me give them everything. Because when people are able to grasp that and they're able to understand it through your storytelling and the way that you structure your message, you'll be asked back more uh, frequently. People will understand your expertise. It'll be easy to refer you. All of those things will begin to mesh together. So beautifully said. I, I was laughing because I think this must have been second or third grade. I had to write an essay on how to make a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. <laughs> <laughs> I still remember this essay. And it was like, yeah, like, take the bread, you know, cut the corners of the bread. <laughs> but it's such a good point. And you know, this was a fear I had with this podcast, which is I would run out of topics. And I remember a colleague who I know meant well said that and like, Mel, like, how long are you maybe keep this thing going? And it was like a real fear. But then when you get into it, it's exactly what you said, right? Like in that peanut butter jelly sandwich analogy, each of those steps are actually like talks that you could do, right? And yes, but you and when most people like, even me, I struggle with this still, like, you look at the big thing, and you're like, Oh, this is how you do it. This is how you do it. And that's about it. You know, like, you don't see the grays, or you don't see the nuances and the opportunities that are there, you know, within like topics within topics, I guess, is the way I'm thinking about it. Amen. And that's exactly like when I'm working with my clients to help them to see like, you can build a seven figure business, utilizing your intellectual property, and your brilliance, right? And there's no limit to it. The problem for most of us is we don't know how to structure it. Mm. And I I love what you share. It's like the, it's I I when I was in healthcare, I had a podcast and went to 100 episodes. I still had so much to share. I still had so much to share. Like I have a, another podcast now and it's like it's it's always enough content, but the problem for most of us is that we are winging it. We're not planning, we're not preparing. And for us to be able to grow businesses effectively, to make an impact, we have to break down what we feel is easy into smaller bites. And then it will then lead to more transformation and more people remembering what it is that you have to share. Just like I'm demonstrating in this podcast interview. How many stories have I told so far? I don't know, three, four, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> because I want to drive home the point of 
the message that I'm sharing so that you are able to remember. Many of you, when you finish this episode, you're gonna remember the peanut butter and jelly sandwich. And it's gonna impact now every time that you show up versus me going through all of the details of my journey. And it's, I mean, we we used the word humility when we started. And I feel like this, again, it's coming up here because you know the more you become knowledgeable about a topic, right? You see these nuances, right? And and the tension is you want to share everything and yet you forget if you were told everything at the beginning, that would be so overwhelming. And actually the most humble thing you could do is to take one little thing and go really deep into it and share stories and experiences, right? And because that's, like you said, at the end of the day, that's the stuff people walk away with. That's the transformation. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I I can't tell y'all, like, this is not, I don't have any peer-reviewed journal near me. This is just from years of having to work with in public health and in education and now as a business owner. And one of the things that used to really frustrate me, I would say the first three to four years of my business was people would say to me, Jasmine, I think the work that you do is so amazing, but what is it that you do? And I used to get so upset, y'all. I guess I would be so livid. I'm like, didn't I already tell you, <laughs> right? Eyes <laughs> is rolling behind the back of my head. My my neck is starting to twirl in circles. You know, like how many times do I have to tell y'all I'm, I'm showing up online every single day? But the problem was, was that I was so, I knew the topic, I knew what it is that I was sharing and I wasn't thinking of simplifying it. And I wasn't thinking about having a conversation with my audience versus speaking to them. So when we start really looking at our messaging, if you know that you're struggling in your business, if you're not receiving enough conversions, if you feel that people aren't speaking your name in rooms that you aren't in, that there's something off with the messaging when you're sharing, when you're public speaking, and it's make it's putting a block between the impact that you can further make because of the the complication of your messaging. Jasmine, I wanted to ask you this final question related to what you just shared because this is something I struggle with. I know that others struggle with, which is, you know, a lot of therapists are listening, right? And they may have, I don't know, like like one broad kind of niche, but then they've got sub niches within, right? I don't know, let's say uh, an example might be you work with you, your niche is men, right? Like men and mental health, but then you might have a sub niche of, you know, working with, you know, sensitive male CEOs who struggle with depression, right? And then you might have another sub niche of, you know, I don't know, like, you know, in leadership or something, right? Some other sub niche. When you've got these different ones, how do you create coherent, like a message without adding to that confusion? I don't know if that makes sense, but yeah. So you have to figure out which one are you going to position? Uh. And so for, I talk a lot of, about this with my clients. I talk about what is your path of least resistance mm. and your path of least resistance is the one that you're going to amplify that will help you get into more rooms. Mm. So for my clients, I have clients that are multifaceted and I actually tell them, don't deny that. Because when I decided to switch out of healthcare and go into the work that I'm doing now, someone told me to erase all of the accolades, experience that I had, remove all of it from my healthcare experience. 
And so I had a blanket brand. It was just blanket. It wasn't even really sharing what was my differentiating factor from, from others. And when I did that, y'all, for a year and a half, my business was suffering. It was suffering. So I'm not saying for you to remove parts of what makes you who you are, but you've got to figure out which one will you position and who do you have in your network that you can leverage in that positioning. So for, for me, I have a background in healthcare and I still speak on healthcare related topics if requested, right? But it's not what I'm positioning. When you see me on social media, when you see me talking about what it is that I'm talking about, I'm speaking particularly about leveraging speaking in your business to be able to grow your business, to create transformational speaking and training programs. That is what I'm positioning. That's my path of least resistance. That That's where my focus is. That's where the coins reside, right? <laughs> so for any of you that are multifaceted, you have to think about what make what what makes the most sense for your business? What is the path of least resistance for you based on your network and, and where you currently reside? Where can you leverage this message more effectively? So in the case of you mentioning like just leadership or, you know, sensitive CEOs, well, the sensitive CEOs is so niche that it may be a little bit easier versus if you just came in blanketly on just leadership in general. And in your positioning, you have to really consider what part of parts or facets of your professional career is aligned with that positioning to show that you're the person or the expert to call for that. Does that make sense? Yeah. You want to be a like an expert of one, right? Like you want to be the person that someone thinks about. They're like, who do I go to when learning about this? Right. And what I'm hearing yes. is Right. Like what I'm hearing is like a lot of times our natural tendency is to be like, let me go, let me cast a wide net. Right. But you actually have to do the very opposite and essentially create your own blue ocean. Yes. Oh, that's good. That's good, Melvin. That's so good. So I'll, I'll give you all another example. When I decided to pivot. So when I was in healthcare, my niche was HIV and substance use disorder. I stood out like a sore thumb. Nobody else was speaking about those particular topics the way that I was. So it was like, when I wasn't in the room, my name was being spoken. So when I niched, so when I decided to get out of the healthcare industry, I went broad and I found it very difficult. My business was struggling, y'all, completely struggling. And I had a come to Jesus moment, honestly. <laughs> because there was dust bunnies running up in my bank account. And I'm like, and I had to say to myself, I'm going to have to let my people go and quit working altogether. But what I was ignoring was that in my business consulting work that I was doing, people were asking me, Jasmine, can you help me with my speaker abstract? Jasmine, I, I need help with, you know, knowing how much I should charge for my speaking. And, you know, hey, Jasmine, I am about to do this speaking gig. I don't know what to charge or what to charge after that. So someone had paid me $600 for business consulting, $600 Melvin, and turn that into a six figure contract. And I was paid $600 and nothing else in return. Right. And I realized that for me, I was making up false stories that no one would take me seriously as a black woman that was a speaker consultant. And that was preventing me from moving forward and niching down 
and getting super clear about what it is that I wanted to share. So I literally took two weeks. I wrote a program out. I was in dire straits in my business. I wrote a program out on a Google Doc. I showed up live for two weeks and I spoke about what I wanted to position, which was me as a speaker consultant. And I got that one person to sign up. And it was my very first five-figure program that I sold. So I'm sharing this all to say is, is that when Melvin and I were in the same group, if someone said speaking and training, I knew I was doing what I was supposed to be doing because people were often saying my name. So what is it that you wanna be known for? What is it specifically you wanna be known for? It can't just be therapy, it can't just be social work. What is your specific niche based on your expertise? And then when you're speaking, are you dropping those nuggets and gems every time that you speak, that you are the go-to person for this? And if you aren't saying it, then it's gonna be very difficult for people to refer to you. It's gonna be very difficult for you to position yourself in your industry with that specificity. Yeah, so well said. Jasmine, I'm so grateful for you and grateful for the work that you're doing in the world. Please let us know where we can learn more about you and that awesome work. You can find out more about me at jasminehaley.com, J-S-M-I-N-H-A-L-E-Y.com. I've got two free resources there if you're looking to either get more profitable with speaking or you can simply take a look at my list of all the things I like to bring with me when I am speaking in person or doing workshops. Awesome. Uh, Jasmine, thank you again for this and uh, I'm grateful for you. Thanks for having me. Have a great rest of your day. You too. Hey there, hope you enjoyed my conversation with Jasmine and especially if you have been thinking about entering the world of public speaking, I hope that this conversation has been really helpful for you. Jasmine does some pretty amazing work in the world and I definitely encourage you to check out her website, which again is over at jasminehaley.com. I know that public speaking is in my future, especially as our little one gets a little older and I have a little bit more bandwidth. I'm still trying to figure out what that looks like, but it's something that I am very drawn to. And I think especially for, for us, if you're a therapist that's listening, I think, you know, for us, like, most of us, right, are very heart-centered. And and I, I think the thought of public speaking can be terrifying, yet it is our stories and our ability to connect at a deep and emotional level that can make us really great speakers. So I hope that if you listen to this, that this will inspire and motivate you to take that step, If that, especially if that's something that you've been thinking a lot about. The thing that I was reflecting on is a lot about my signature talk and what does that look like? And again, it's, you know, what I shared at the intro and during the conversation, you know, I have this interesting tension of being, learning a lot about podcasting. You know, I have a podcasting course for therapists. I know a lot about online courses as well, because I've been a course creator at this point for eight years and have built, you know, fortunately built a very successful online course. And so we have a mastermind for therapists, course creators. And what does that integration of those two look like? I don't know quite yet, just because I just recorded this uh, conversation with Jazz and I'm still kind of reflecting on it. But I do think like at minimum, it, it does involve like two kind of webinars that speak uh, particularly to podcasting and one to online courses and which we do have those now. Uh, but I think it's like really honing and refining it. And I think for me, a lot of it's like mental, which is realizing that you know, my journey is my gift. And 
just owning that I am an expert and I am knowledgeable on these topics. And then that's okay, right? Like that doesn't make me any sort of anything like bad or negative or anything like that. So again, encourage you to check out Jasmine's website over at jasminehaley.com and especially download some of those resources that she mentioned. Have a great rest of your day and I'll see you next time. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Selling the Couch podcast. For more great content and to stay up to date, visit www.sellingthecouch.com. Hey there, thank you so much for tuning in to today's session. Just wanted to also let you know that we have a free email newsletter that goes out every week. You can download it over at sellingthecouch.com forward slash newsletter. Basically, uh, that newsletter contains some of the stuff that's happening behind the scenes with STC and also with my life and how I'm balancing and trying to balance uh, being both an entrepreneur as well as building a life around my family and my health as well. And it also contains the latest podcast episode and some of the stuff that I'm doing on LinkedIn, some of the strategies and things that are working for me. And then finally, a brand new section called On Mel's Mind, where I take a video or a book or a blog post or something like that that's inspiring me for that week. And I share how I'm implementing it both in my life and in my business. Again, you can download that over at sellingthecouch.com forward slash newsletter. And if you are one of the 3,700 colleagues that have been a part of the email newsletter, I so appreciate you and uh, I'm grateful for your support. We genuinely try to make these helpful and, uh, and just based on the data and based on the feedback we're getting, it seems like we're doing a really good job. So appreciate you and uh, I hope that you have a great day.